Welcome to the Technoy Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. Today's show is sponsored by Active Campaign. See why 100,000 businesses use Active Campaign for their marketing by signing up at activecampaign.com slash technory. Get your first two months for free. Today's guest, Chris Rudigrop. Uh, he's got a company called Sendoso. They've raised about $55 million from some serious hitters. Uh, founded in 2016 with a problem that is insanely huge. Um, I'm, I'm sure if you go back to the Wayback Machine, those of you listening who have been in business for you know, 15, 20 years, you've had your account rep who sends you oranges. Thanks, Bob. Bob at WGN, he's my account rep. He sends me oranges. I love the oranges. Well, actually, I like them. My wife loves them. Um, but the point of this is Bob does a nice job. Bob is a gardener. Bob knows good fruit. Bob knows I'd like that. Bob knows my wife likes that. A lot of the other gifts I get are either shitty wine. I like wine, and if you listen to the show, you know, like to, I like to have a cocktail. But I don't like garbage wine. So if you're going to give me garbage wine, just like, don't buy, like, give the money. Give it to somebody else. Sell it. Give the money. Donate the money to charity or something. There are so many gifts that come in the mail that are just garbage. And it's, it's not just that I'm thinking, what a waste. I am actually thinking that. I've talked about that in previous podcasts. Um, it's not just that. I literally am thinking to myself, this is like you don't know me. I feel like you don't know me. And you're trying to sell me. And this is just for me, the buyer. So the idea of being sent something that I actually like or care about or that says, hey, my person knows me or was listening is one part. The other side of the coin is as the salesman, I'm trying to find and create as many buying opportunities as I possibly can per customer. Because you can't sell to people all day long. You know those people. We all know those people. The salesperson who calls and calls and fills and floods your LinkedIn inbox with a bunch of shit that you're never going to respond to. You can't do that. So what I try to do is I try to take you out. I try to get you tickets to a ball game. I try to t- you know do stuff that I think you're going to care about. And then I don't immediately come into it and be like, so what are you buying these days? Well, how can I help you? I just get to know you. But at some point, I'm going to have to make my pitch, right? We all are going to have to make the pitch. And they know it. They know it's coming. But if you can do it in a way that's organic, the chances of you closing a deal go up like 100%. But sometimes things miss. Sometimes the timing's not right. And this is the same for social media, by the way. We run ads all day long for our partners in social media. And on Facebook, if I can get you to click on something and and comment on it, if I could turn it around and monitor this nonstop. And I know there's amazing apps like uh, and companies like Sprout Social that help with this, but I still have to call the rep for the company that's working. Be like, hey, there's a bunch of people commenting on this post. Like, you should be responding and hitting them up. But it just doesn't, like, we all live in this real world, right? It doesn't work that way. And, and automated canned responses don't do anything either. So that's a waste of time. And, you know, like, the guy whose relationship is is with the person who's clicking on this or the person who reps that market I don't know. Maybe they're out to lunch. I have no idea, but they're not able to respond then. Well, guess what? You just missed the window on your buying opportunity. They were interested. They were engaging with content from your brand about something that they care about, and you missed it. How do you restart that? That's a million. That's a billion-dollar question. It's a trillion-dollar question. How do I restart that? Well, one of the ways is sending them something that they care about, not a pack of golf balls to someone who doesn't golf. And oh, by the way, it's just a side note for you marketers. If you're going to send golf balls, don't send shitty golf balls. Like they go in my shag bag and I'm not just being like that guy. I'm being serious. I've talked to people about this, bankers in particular. 
Pro V1s, please. Or Vice, if you want to be cheap. I don't know why everyone's not just using Vice. I just went on a tangent. I'm sorry. But the point I'm trying to make is I need to create an opportunity where this person will want to buy from me. And if I've missed it, which I'm going to, that's life, I got to be able to recreate it. And Sendoso does that in a way that I think is super interesting because it's a software solution that plugs into my CRM that enables my sales force and people to send gifts. And if you updated and said, you know, I'm doing business with Phil and Phil has a kid named Johnny who plays Little League Baseball. He told me this. Write that note in there. Send Johnny tickets to a ball game. Send him a baseball. Send him something he would care about. He would not just that Johnny cares about, but that Phil, Papa, Papa to Johnny, uh, that he would be like, oh my God, I remember telling you this and you remembered it. You cared about me. You've just created a selling opportunity. Because they're open, they're warm. You just recreated it. And then, oh, by the way, once you've closed the deal with them, you've got a tool that you can continually sell and send new things to throughout the life of your relationship. It's about pairing relationship sales with this world of AI-driven automated services. Everything is automated and it's only going to get worse. We got to have stuff to have touch points, real things. And I think Sendoso's you know, on the way to doing that. I mean, they've got 500-plus businesses working with them. Um, obviously, the company is back. It's, it's interesting. So this is my conversation with the CEO and co-founder of Sendoso, Chris Rudydrop. So obviously, as a person who works with founders and startups and runs my own company and so on and so forth, uh, I'm no stranger to sales tools, sales protocols, um, trying to explain to founders and CEOs that in the beginning stages, they are their first salesperson. Um, but there's this like assumption. I feel like it's there's there's like two assumptions. There's the young founder and then there's the older son of a more experienced business person who think that digital ads or whatever is just like a magic switch that you flip and all of a sudden sales come flying in. And young people tend to have the exact same problem or blindness uh, but from a different angle, they think that if you get people to click on it and you get them in a funnel, that it's just magically going to turn into sales. And obviously, both of those people are madly wrong. Um, and and so, like, I'm working with a company right now, literally, that is email. I mean, like, as in like five minutes before this this interview, uh, emailing back and forth about how they're going to get the individuals that we market to on on social media through advertising to actually want to engage with us. It's a real estate company, and we were talking literally days ago about how important out of home and digital and having like the ability to reach people when they're the most engaged with something that sort of wants to get them into a buying opportunity. When I saw your company, I literally thought this is so perfect because most businesses that I'm aware of, they don't have a physical touch point or if they do, it's just swag and they hand it out blindly. And I'd, I'd love to to learn specifically from you about the company, but I also learned uh, want to learn what you saw and wh why you thought there was an opportunity that, that hasn't been hit on. Yeah, no, uh, that's a perfect, uh, good question. So, you know, I'll start with the first, which is wh what I saw and, and how, how I came about it, and then I'll kind of transition into the other part of it. So I was in sales for about 10 years before starting the company. So I was really, you know, on the lines, talking with prospects. And so I really saw the evolution of email too and how email became more of a, a channel that people felt like less personal and, and, you know, you wake up in the morning, sometimes you just swipe things out of your inbox. Um, so it, it became a channel that was harder to reach prospects. And as a creative salesperson myself, I was looking for other channels to augment my email. And besides 
phone and social media, the, really the other thing was, okay, let's do this offline direct mail channel. So I was writing handwritten notes. I was uh, finding people's interests through like social media and sending them personalized gifts. Um, I was, you know, grabbing swag from the swag closet, but it was all taking me tons of time. And I tried to convince marketing at the time to take it over and say, hey, this is the marketing function. They agreed that they would uh, help augment it, but their timeline was, okay, we're going to fill out this spreadsheet and we're going to get to it. And it was like weeks and weeks and weeks. It wasn't real time. So it really dawned on me is like, why isn't there a platform that allows you to click and send physical items just as easy as it is to send email and integrate that into your your sales tools that you currently use? Yeah, and that's the and part so, that's so like that's the part I think people are missing is is that when you try to go with physical mailer stuff, you know, having having done this now for a little while, like, it's really hard to find something that actually integrates with your digital strategy. Exactly. And that's, I mean, the thing about the physical stuff is you've got to source the items, store the items, pack the boxes, ship the items. So there's a lot of work involved. So it ends up, if you're doing it yourself, it ends up getting low on your to-do list because you're like, ah, this is you know too much work for me right now. But as a channel, it performs really highly. And so if you can make it as easy as a click of a button, operationalize it, integrate it into your sales force or your, your sales enablement tools or your marketing automation tools, then it's already where you're doing the rest of your digital marketing. So it becomes almost like a digital channel, but you're doing it, you know, at scale in the offline world. So where do you guys step into this? Because because obviously, like, there are other companies that we've talked to um, that that are they're kind of in this and like not in the physical mailer part, but like AdQuick is one that comes to mind where they've taken kind of a a difficult, slow, difficult to track inventory out of home advertising and programmatic uh, fashion. They've they brought it into something that you can one click and go. The the at home mailer stuff though has been really tough for all the things you just mentioned. So how do you guys sort of make this different? How do you guys mix it up? Yeah, so I mean, we operate uh, six warehouses around the globe. Uh, we have a sourcing and project management team where we're buying all the items, we're storing them in our global f- facilities. We've got hundreds of people at the warehouses that are packing boxes, writing notes, kidding things together. So we're doing all those things in near real time. And then the best about all this is it's all connected through software. So we provide a suite of software tools that will integrate into your Salesforce, for example. And then there's the ability to set up teams with budgets and allocate what people can send, what people can send. So you can say, hey, these account executives um, inside of Salesforce, they can click the send button that's on any contact or lead page. And they're allowed to send, you know, this, these cupcakes, these flowers, this custom swag, these personalized gifts. Um, and then you can also set that same thing up, but for maybe a, an account manager or customer success person that says, hey, you're allowed to send champagne. Hey, you're allowed to send this like welcome customer kit. Um, so you can really create it and, and, and almost um, move it away from what was uh, purely marketing function and giving this empowering uh, the end users to click and send when they want to. So when you, you know, like when you get this thing set up, are you helping people come up with like what they should send? Cause I feel like one of the biggest miss, we had a company on the show not that long ago that, um, that actually was in the business of sorting out what you should send people, like stop sending people shit that they're going to throw in the garbage. And there's, yeah. there's like something to be said, and maybe this is just like a, a modern thing, but there's something to be said about being the recipient of something that looks like you took no thought in. And so I wonder if you guys are helping companies to actually figure out what they should send, because I, I think that's one area that companies can send anything, but they usually send dumb things. Yeah, 
so we help with all that. So we can help with what you can send. We actually see a lot of really creative, smart marketers and sales and account managers. And really, a lot of people have a lot of great ideas. They just don't know how to execute on it or like, hey, what vendor do I buy this from? And it becomes almost too hard for them to, to materialize yeah. because this, uh, they don't want to connect the dots. And how do I Google search for this vendor that can do this creative little you know, Lego minifigure thing and this or that? And so with, with that, a lot of times people come to us with creative ideas and we're like, perfect, we're on it. And so we have a team of experts that can go source those things. Or, um, and so that is a big thing about um, really companies that have the ideas that we can execute. And then, of course, we'll have um, kind of different idea sessions and, and brainstorm sessions with our clients, too, to, to help them. Um, and we have kind of uh, idea books and things like that to drive inspiration. I think also but, there's there's also like a, a science behind this. And there's I was just writing an article about this actually not that long ago. Um, about the what I call the buying opportunity, which there are only a handful of actual real buying opportunities that take place in any digital or even in-person relationship. It's where, you know, like, for example, I'll use an in-person example. You know, like, if I do a call with you, then I do a meeting with you, take you to coffee, I tell you about my business, I, I do the whole bullshit where I say, tell me more about you and how you help your business. Um, and then I go back to the office and I throw you in my CRM and then maybe, you know, we have a salesperson haunt you down or we invite you to a ball game or something like that. Um, there's, there's sort of like in that period of time, I couldn't just hard sell you the whole way or I would have turned you off. So I've got to identify like, where's my buying opportunity. And when there is not one presentable during the time when you're trying to close a deal, it sort of leaves you strapped. And this is the same story on the digital side. Like if I, I have, you know, a lot of high engagement on some of the things that we'll post the time to truly get that buying opportunity Maybe too late by the time our sales team gets to it because you might have clicked on this, liked it, commented, shared it, whatever. By the time it filters all the way down to the right person to reach out to you, we've lost momentum. And so I'm wondering, do you do you view this as an opportunity to create your own buying opportunity? Because you'll see that someone is engaged with your brand or they've responded to you or whatever the case may be, whatever your triggers are. And then you send them something cool that's personal that they enjoy that opens you up the opportunity to be like, all right, so – you know, I've done for you, I've sort of created engagement, I, I, I've built a brand loyalty there, at least somewhat, you know that I think about you. Um, where, where do you see this as a, as a tool beyond just customer thinking? Yeah, so I mean, our best customers are using this throughout the sales cycle. So they're using it for door openers and meeting makers. So they're using this uh, in conjunction with, you know, email and other channels, but it's a piece of the, uh, the outreach and to kind of catch the buyer uh, at the right moment in the right channel. And so we see a lot of customers, a lot of like sales development reps use this to, you know, break through the noise and grab the attention of that prospect to get a meeting set. Uh, we're also into your point of like, I kind of call it deal acceleration or nurturing um, is where you don't want to just always be selling, 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 selling. So with, with this, you can send them a gift uh, as like a thank you, or you could, you know, what we're seeing a, a resurgence of is even like a printed uh, ebook or white paper that's sent in a nice little envelope with a handwritten note or a handwritten post-it note and sent that out as, through the sales cycle. Um, so rather than that, you know, just a, Hey, checking in, are you ready to buy kind of email? It's like, Hey, here's some cool information, check it out. Or, you know, hey, sending someone some cupcakes saying, hey, uh, enjoy these with your team while you guys discuss, you know, XYZ solution. So you're, you're doing a lot of pay that forward, but you're also doing a lot of brand building and top of mind awareness that can then lead to quicker sales cycles. No, I dig it. I think it's, it, it's a, a serious need. I mean, we've talked about, you know, the number of companies as well as just in general 
um, the importance for you know cut, cutting through the clutter, the noise, like all of yeah. the the marketing things that are going on. It, it feels like everyone is on a race to automate, and automate is something where. Like, honestly, as a person who's more of a relationship salesperson, I'm, like, thrilled with it because it lets everyone else just drone on, and I know that I can leverage relationships to personally meet you, and that alone stands out in the modern marketing world. But I I think that we have to start getting more creative and looking at, like, digital and billboard and sort of out of, you know, places you wouldn't expect and then being able to hit people with things that they enjoy and, and say, like, you know, I'm just I'm envisioning this where you, you use the example in Salesforce where if I wanted to mark up a client and said, you know, basically, I know that their their kid plays baseball or anything about them personally, it enables me to show that I, I was listening to them. It enables me to say, exactly. you know, months later that I, I remembered that you're you know, that your wife is expecting a child. Here's a new you know baby shirt or whatever. Exactly. You'll send a onesie or, if you know, that they like some sports team and you send them a little you know, one-off sports baseball memorabilia thing, all that stuff is it just shows that, you know, you're building the relationship. And, and to your point, you know, automation is, you know, things are getting over-automated, but how do you build better relationships? And that's what's going to matter. No, for sure. I, I told you. So tell me your background. Like, how did, how did you actually build this? What were the parts that you saw that were missing that you thought, like, from a technical standpoint, you literally could build? Yeah. So, you know, my background is in sales. So it's unique in that I'm not like an, an, an engineering person starting this company. So I was a, a, an account executive salesperson before start, before starting the company. Um, but I, I experienced the pain point firsthand. And it was so apparent to me that I just couldn't not start this company. So um, it really uh, helped you know, when I started kind of doing the initial product development and building out the initial version of like, what would I want as the person? And I was kind of building it for myself um, and for a lot of my friends and peers. So that made it really easy to figure out what the product was going to be. And I just saw a gap in the market. I mean, I saw it really easy to send emails. I saw it really hard to send physical stuff. And, you know, uh, the corporate gifting and, you know, promo products and direct mail space, I mean, it's over a hundred billion. So it's not like it's a new space. There's a ton there, but it's very siloed or it's very like, okay, like I'm going to go buy this stuff and get it shipped to my office and then package it out. Or, oh, I'm going to go online and send a one-off gift and I have to put in my credit card and it's going to, I don't, they're not going to include a handwritten note or I don't even know how it's going to appear to the recipient. It's probably going to include some little marketing brochures in it from the the, the shipper. So you don't get to control the process um, or you don't get to really decentralize it. So that was another big need is that marketing was kind of a blocker uh, for me at my last company and that they were the ones that had kind of the keys to the kingdom to send stuff. Um, And so I wanted to build a system where marketing could enable the sales and and account management and customer success team to kind of own their own destiny and send when they wanted to send. Um, and so that was a big part of this too. It's what's interesting is it, there's a million companies that have, uh, you know, have a great idea. Um, they claim that they're going to blow your sales up over the next six months, blah, blah, blah. And then you look at them and most of them do not make it or they do not last long or they do not scale or whatever the case. And I, it's notable. I think that Sendoso, uh, you know, you've, you've raised what 50, 54, $50 million. You're venture backed. You are, working with, you know, over 500 companies, I would love to know when you get started, you know, you can, you can start the wheel with a couple of, you know, companies that you built rapport with and relationships that you had from your previous experience. But at the end of the day, for you to scale this into a real company, uh, even though the need is obvious, it's not like, it's not a crowded space. As you mentioned, it's not a new thing. Your particular area is not a crowded space in the sense that there are many others that just aren't executing. Um, 
but I would love to know sort of how you have built this further. Like, how did you actually get yeah. this going? So, I mean, a big differentiator was the software play. I mean, a lot of people claim to be like, hey, we can help you send gifts or promotional products and stuff. And a lot of those companies are actually our partners where they're great at manufacturing. They're great at, you know, uh, product uh, discovery and stuff. But we've really built that software layer on top of it all to kind of orchestrate everything. And that was a big, big uh, selling point for us. Um, you know, after we got the product built, me and my co-founder just, uh, you know, just went out there and started selling it. So we both were had a sales background. So in the beginning, it was just like, let's do this. And I think we had a perfect, uh, you know, product market fit at the right time in the right place. So a lot of people were feeling the kind of the email digital fatigue in some ways uh, where they just needed this physical channel. And it was a, an apparent pain point. A lot of our customers early on had you know, doing this manually and anything that you're doing very manually with spreadsheets and spending a lot of time, if there's a, a software that can solve that for you, it's uh, very easy to want to say, hey, I want to buy this. So would but, you say, you know, but, the, yeah, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, but in the early days, it was really just like hitting the streets and, you know, calling people, uh, sendosoing people, um, emailing people. And <laughs> sendosoing <laughs> people. <laughs> yeah. That's when you know you've got oh, yeah, something, we, when you've got your own sort of, uh, you're an adjective, a noun, a verb, you're all of it. Exactly. Um, what would you say is the part that you're going to have to continue to get right to make this really work? Uh, you know, right now, I, I, as we continue to scale, it's just, you know, going more global. It's, uh, you know, continuing to invest in our product and R&D around, you know, new features, um, new opportunities to um, suggest the right things to send at the right time. But honestly, we're we're just getting started. Um, and there's, uh, you know, our existing product today is used by tens of thousands of people. And, you know, people don't even know about us yet to where once people hear about this is even an option, they'll want to use our product immediately. So, and, and my other question on this is it's like, do you view this as like your important piece of this is the software and the play? Like obviously you have the merchandising there. Are you sourcing it? Are you going to own it? Do you own it? How, how does the, like, how do you control as much of the money and the spend in the margins of your business? Like what, because I feel like that's the part that, Obviously, businesses screw up, and that's important that you guys don't, which is why you've got the distribution centers. But when somebody's ordering all these different things, you sort of have the position of, like, for right now, I can source it all. But in the future, if I wanted to own the own the call it a supply chain, if you wanted to own the supply chain, you could potentially create more margin, or maybe it's not even worth it. Yeah, for us, we're really focused on being a software business in the heart. So we depend on a lot of our partners for all of the the manufacturing and distribution. Um, we do uh, source everything and store it in our warehouse facilities. Um, but a lot of that stuff is customer-owned inventory. So we're not, you know, uh, buying boatloads of yep. a certain type of You're items. Not sitting on um, it's a lot of yeah, it's a lot of we're not sitting on a lot of inventory. It's a lot of just-in-time uh, items that we're sourcing on behalf of our clients. And that's a big value proposition, too, is that we're able to get creative and be very timely. And, you know, our warehouses are full of so much unique stuff, which to your point before, it's not just the same thing that everyone's sending out. It's like hyper targeted to that person, that uh, client's industry, what they're trying to accomplish, where in the sales cycle or the, the customer success cycle. So we're seeing a lot of things like that. Awesome. I like this. This is cool. I think, um, you know, a ton of businesses don't take the time to try to do this stuff because it's just too complicated. Exactly. Too time consuming. And you guys have, have definitely solved it. This is cool. Uh, where do people go to sign up for Sendoso? Uh, Sendoso.com. Uh, you can go there, request a demo, um, and learn more about it.
Awesome. We will do that. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate your time. You can follow us at Technori or follow me at Katoon to invest in featured startups or apply to pitch on the Startup Showcase live on WGN Radio Saturdays from noon to 1 CST. Go to technori.com. Boom. That's a wrap.